Hey, and thanks for joining us on this week's episode of For All Things Lexington, the only show dedicated to Lexington, South Carolina, and where a spade is always a spade. Here, we'll talk to and about people, places, groups, things to do, and places to go in and around Lexington, South Carolina. I'm your host, Angela Barrett, and this is For All Things Lexington. Brought to you in part by GervaisStreetBridge.com, Columbia's most unforgettable free-to-list business directory. And by Angela Barrett at HomeMattersSC.com, building on what matters to you. Hey guys, thanks for being with us today. I have Jermaine Edwards. He is a customer growth strategist and advisor, international speaker, and an award-winning author. Thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me, guys. Yeah. No, you're not from South Carolina. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, no. So uh, all stories start with a girl, and uh, this is no different. So my wife is from South Carolina. She grew up here. I went to um, uh, Lexington High School and, and actually finished with honors at USC. Oh, nice. And so that's how you came to South Carolina. That's, that's, that's the reason why we came. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Perfect. Now, tell me what a customer growth strategist is. Wonderful. Um, so in a nutshell, what, what I do is I walk into businesses and I help them to better understand how they move their customers in relationships, in revenue, and in reputation so they can better grow their businesses. Oh, well, that's cool. And you work with, I know, some small businesses, yeah. but some very large businesses like yes, yeah. Dell and uh, GE. That's correct. Yes. Was it London University, I think? Yeah, it's London Business School. Yeah, Business School. Right, right, right. Uh, now, you were in sales for probably uh, almost 20 years, I think, before wow. starting your very first business, 2013? 2013, was interesting. So I started the first business while I was still in sales. So it's happening kind of in parallel together, kind of putting my foot in the water, just making sure that those, uh, those steps were the right steps to make. But it's actually the first business was one that blew up very, very quickly. Yeah. And what was but, that? So that was actually MPP International. That was a business that was primarily focused on placing medical and pharmaceutical practitioners into speaking opportunities. Oh, nice. It's a really unique business. Um, got seven things very quickly, but that very quickly turned into a bit of a nightmare, to be honest. <laughs> oh, they all. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So business partnership nightmare yeah. um, is what happened, but yes. So now walk us through since 2013 yes. businesses you are and how, where you are now. Yeah, so been six companies come in. So right from from you know placing individuals in speaking opportunities to running a, a speaker op, um, an events company uh, there's a few different consulting businesses today the primary business is in the area of helping organizations to better understand where their customers are and how to move the relationships as reputations revenue to growing their businesses but the interesting thing I think about that journey is that um, the reason uh, why that business today is so so important to me or so pertinent is because what I saw, throughout my experiences of running a business and growing teams is that the fundamental core kind of paramount, I guess, sticking point to growth in or stability and sustainability with all those businesses has been the relationship with our customers. 
And the more and more I saw that, the more I saw how different the operations were across many different organizations and began to see what organizations were doing things really, really well and what organizations worked and just putting those things together along with my sales experience, I began to see a very unique opportunity to go help businesses make some differences. Um, interesting because you're right. Um, in any business, your customer or your um, clients or your audience or whoever, those are the most important people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. Yeah. Um, so now you don't teach best practices, I understand. You teach best principles. That is correct. Yes. Explain that. Yeah, so so what I've I've come to recognize is that practices will change and they will um, really be adapted to context and circumstance. So, for example, just during the 2020 experience that we had, uh, naturally everybody had to pivot in such radical ways that actually changed the very practices that they thought were um, were the best practice of that time. From a digital, from a digital transformation perspective, from a an online to virtual, from even an employability perspective. Um, but, but yet the principles still remain the same. We have principles that govern how we think uh, about the things that we do in our business and not just what we do. Mm -hmm. So the moment you begin to focus on how we think about it and not just what we do, you begin to open up new opportunities for um, knowing how to approach something in a more unique and more specific way that gives you greater, greater leverage and greater advantage. So give me um, a very specific example you don't have to tell me the company you help, but no, yes. that where that worked as best practice versus, uh, I mean, best principle versus best practice. I'll get that out in a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not a problem. So, um, so I'll, I'll give this one because it's quite interesting. So there's a particular business working with in, in Europe. They had 7,500 customers. So this is a $200 million company. And from those 7,500 cu um, customers, only 197 of those customers were actually driving 95% of their revenue. So about 2% of their business, 3% was driving you know, a significant part of their business. Now it, within that, they were adopting the same practices for all 7,500 customers, but only 197 were really winning with. Uh -huh. So on, on looking and really evaluating with them, we had a really kind of um, hard to hard, hard conversation. So the question was simply, um, well, of the 7,500 customers, why do we believe that only 197 companies benefit from the practices that you have? And they couldn't answer the question. So what we did is we did some interviews with 197 these particular companies and we extrapolated certain um, points of reference, certain principles that were certain ways of thinking that were applied to these businesses. And once we did, we extrapolated three to four principles that were being applied. So one of those principles, which is quite quite um, unique, was you get sent to who you sell like. Uh, and so what was interesting is that when when approaching specific managers in the business, what would happen is they've trained their sales individuals to speak through and through the lens of the CEO. And so whenever approaching a CEO, the operations manager, they'd simply say, I've been reading some things from the CEO's report. Here's what I noticed about what he was saying. And he'd speak from that lens. And whenever that that took place, the credibility went up, the importance and significance of that conversation went up, and they were given more time, more energy, more attention. And that was applied to these hundred million companies because they just happened to be quite large businesses. And the moment they began to apply that same principle across more of the business, more of those customers started to elevate in stature. 
So it's, it's being so that particular example is quite unique, but it's these these principles exist in in every business, right? And the moment you take time to really understand what moves a customer, um, it changes your business entirely. Yeah, um, yeah, that is very unique, but a very good example. Thank you. Um, now I think understand. Let's talk how to turn customers into partners. I know yep. that you made one example, but yeah. give me a broader. How how that happens? Yeah. So one one thing I, I began to look at much more um, seriously, or particularly the last last two to three years, is understanding the the journey that a customer takes with you. So as soon as you come in, as soon as the customer comes into your business, the first thing they're thinking about is, have we made the right choice? And so the first year, first few months that you're working with that customer, your only priority is to get a result, to demonstrate to that individual, to that company, that you were the right choice. And once you've got fast that first result, what tends to happen after that is that we begin to, as a business, start to think about how we uh, get in deeper with that customer, how we upsell that customer. And what I'm saying for, for most businesses today is that that's the wrong approach. I'm saying, we need to invite them into a story of a result that is right that is beyond our products and services. And so the way we do that a little bit like you would approach giving a speech. You don't just start out and just don't start absolutely here's for your thing. Yeah, and here it is. Kind of start with a story. Okay. Uh, absolutely. And so there are these three stories that I, I tend to to discuss. Which is the story of the relationship between you and the company, the story of your your, your brand and the story of your product. Okay. And when you, you approach a particular business, a customer, these three stories are always insightful. And so it's thinking about the relationship, it's thinking about your brand, it's thinking about your product. So what's my relationship with your product right now? Do I like it? Is it, is it working for me right now? Because um, the relationship could be working, but the product could not. And equally, the brand could be working. Actually, I really like the brand and something's working, but a relationship could be strained. And so the moment you begin to understand these stories, you can begin to move the partnership in a very different direction. So. You're defining the story with the relationship, making sure, hey, is that, is that strong? Are we clear are there expectations and standards that we adhere to together? Then the product, hey, if we got this right, are you getting results? Is this something that we really could um, buy into more within the business? And then the brand story is something quite really special because now the mission of the brand and, and who you are together, that communal piece, is where we move that relationship to different levels. And so we invite the customer into a brand, a new brand mission together. We say, what could we create together that might be bigger than our products and services that is beyond what we thought was possible, but could be if we did it together. Interesting. Um, and you go into, I mean, you have lots of services and they're all listed on your website, but you go into different companies and um, and teach this as well as other things uh, yeah, uh, that yeah. you have um, on the website. Now, the interesting thing that I thought you have worked with businesses in like 22 different countries. Yes, <laughs> but that's been fun. I Absolutely. Yeah. Saying, yeah. You need someone to carry your luggage. <laughs> I'm available. And <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> love to see all the uh, different countries. The other thing that um, I wanted to talk to you about is not on your website. Yes. I had a little friend of yours give me this um, piece of information. I want to talk about a personal mission of yours. Yes, indeed. Um, it is to fund the Act 
care of children in recovery out of sex trafficking? Yes, absolutely. We're doing we partnership with a company called Unbound. It's been a it's been a life changing mission for 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 me, definitely in, in pursuing that with this company and, and other partners who have worked with us over the years. Definitely. Yes. And so how did that how did you get involved? Yeah, so it was. So that's a lot to take on. That's, that's a lot. A lot, a lot to take. <laughs> I'm not actually in physically. Yeah, so so 2000, 2019, um, a friend of mine in uh, in Europe, uh, we were on a trip um, to India, and while we were there, um, we had the opportunity to, to meet with a range of different small businesses, and we were sharing information. And uh, one of the, um, the clients of mine said that his daughter was missing. Had been missing for a few weeks, and we so we were like, "Oh, maybe had she just run off? She was eleven years old. Um, just found him." So it was, it's we didn't really think anything of it. And to be honest, I was really ignorant to this whole scene of what it was. But as we began to have more um, conversation, deeper conversation, we recognized that this was rampant. Mm-hmm. There actually been close to I think it was seventy five um, young girls that had been taken within the month within this particular region. I was just I had daughters myself. I said, "This, how could this be? It doesn't make any sense. Right. How could so many girls go missing and we not find them?" So um, after a while, we just we kept talking, and I said, "Hey, look, I I, I want to get involved somehow. How, how could I have to help them?" They'd mentioned that they had been working with an organization to help them um, better understand just the networks and how to break down these networks and so forth. And that's how I met with with Unbound, who were working with supporters on, on the ground. So. I came in, came back to India, and was doing some groundwork. With them. I was just really interested in being part of that. So just talking with locals, understanding people's pains and what that was. But very, very quickly, what I recognized is that the real need was actually those girls who came out of the factory. Um, there wasn't a lot of services available to them post-16, post-18. Like, this is a significantly traumatic event, coming out of those, yeah. you know, been in Jaffin from eight years old coming out at 13 and then having to reacclimate back into society of you know we're, we're having to rebuild trust with adults again in significant ways and so I saw that and there's a huge deficit and, and many 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 um, you know ladies and, and, and young young boys who come out of that fall back into um, certain lifestyles past 18 because that support isn't available mm. so i said well what can we do about that and that's where that that fund began so started out with that fund in 2020 and we had raised about a hundred thousand dollars um to start that out um but it still wasn't enough yeah it still wasn't enough so we said okay well what would need to be true about our business in the, in the relationship we have with my customers for us to be able to find a million kits over the next 10 years. And that's been the pursuit. So we take about 10 to 15% of our profits and all that goes back into this fund, uh, working with Unbound. It's been a project that has been heart-wrenching. Yeah. Um, it's been difficult. There are times I don't want to look at the email. Yeah. I, I don't want to do, do want anything to do with it. Um, but what we, we do know is that it's making a significant difference. I haven't been really public about it because it's, don't have permission to say those stories in the same way and to sure. put those images up, but the reality is, is that it's a huge need, and so we want to do up. Yeah, well, it is. Um, it's a great thing you're doing, and like you said, 
I think people are either ignorant about it or choose not to learn. Yeah, yeah, it's difficult. Because that's that's some very emotional um, to, to even think about, yeah. even fathom yeah. what they went through. Yeah, yeah. indeed. Um, so you have seven children. Yes, yes, I do. We do. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say why, but I'll say wild. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if anyone boy, it's, it's it's so interesting. I'll give a thirty second story. At twenty two, I remember um, speaking to a good friend of mine, and I I told him at twenty two, I said, look, the next person I meet has to be my wife, but she has to want a lot of kids because I come from a large family, <laughs> and so I always always wanted to be dad. It's a strange thing um, as a teenager wanting to be dad, but I always had this desire for it, and so um, when I actually met my wife in Germany and we didn't actually like each other at all, <laughs> um, which is the strangest thing. It seems like one of those hallmarks. We, 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 we really <laughs> did like each other, you know, but uh, somehow we, we found ourselves in speaking and found common ground on family. And uh, instantly I said, okay, this, pro- this is, this is the girl I need to, I need to marry. And it wasn't too long after that, about a year and a half after we, we got married and, and the rest is history. So we've been married 19 years now. Because uh, you were over in, well, you studied first at the University of um, Kingston, Kingston, both in Europe and in Europe and in Germany, and in Germany. Right. And um, after that, were at you were at now forget. Yeah, so Liverpool for a master's in, in behavioral psychology. Uh, that was some years later, um, but yes, at Liverpool. At the, that's correct. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I know. I- yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and so you met your your wife um, over at the university in Germany. That's correct. Nice. Now there's a little story about a dancer, maybe. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. God, you got all the stories down. <laughs> so, um, so while in while in 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 Germany, I'm not sure if if, if anybody you you listen to like me, but as a, a student, I was terrible with money. I really was. Um. So I, I thought I could just make it the next day. Right. It was one of those you know, frivolous things that you think about as a young person. But I remember coming back um, from a class and I was I was truly broke. I knew I needed to pay rent that week. So I said, okay, let me just find an opportunity locally just to do something. Find something with my hands to do. So as I was walking down this particular street called uh, which is um, right on the way to like a big complex like the mall and so forth that you want big place where businesses are, I walked past this dance studio. I said, you know what, let me just, w- I'll walk into the dance studio and figure out if there's any, like, I was, whatever comes, come. So I walk into the studio and the, the owner comes up to me immediately as I come in and says, oh, you must be the dance, dance teacher. And I go, yes, I am. <laughs> and so we have this really interesting conversation. She says, can you teach tomorrow? And I'm like, absolutely. How much is it? And say, like, great, well, you get paid based on how many students attend. I've said, absolutely fine. Let's, let's make it work. So I leave that place 15 minutes later and I run to a place called Karstadt, which is almost like a, I'm not sure what the equivalent is here, but they sell DVDs and CDs like a, like a music store. Right. So I, I go there and I buy like DVDs on choreography, um, trainings. The last cash I have, I'm like, I'm, I go and buy this. I skip classes the next day and I just watch every single quarantine DVD that I, I purchased. And that evening I 
I taught a class. <laughs> that evening I taught a class. I had 30 students. In oh, nice. Yes, things, I was really surprised. <laughs> but they, they had made this really public announcement that this, hey, we've got this international dance teacher coming in. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah, let's go. Well, the international market. <laughs> it was true. Um, but the, the funniest thing is, is the person who we were actually expecting didn't show up. Wow. So it's just, it was thought, fate. It was, it was fate. It was prominence, you know, God willing. So um, that turned into you know, eight months of, of teaching, and I, I truly enjoyed it. And I, I, I could call myself, you know, the legitimate fake dogs instructor who made it. You know, so yeah, that is that's a good story. I love that one. I was um, a dancer myself. Uh, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, and we yeah. even went to Columbia College here as a dance major. Um, and it is a grueling, grueling um, if you it's a major or your profession. Um, Indeed, yeah. yeah. I was I was injured a lot. Yes, it is <laughs> So, um, if people want to uh, get in touch with you, um, it's uh, JermaineEdwards.com. That is correct. And you have all of your services listed there, whether it be speaking or um, now, what you your book. Um, I didn't. I know it's on Amazon. I didn't see that. Yeah. So the Kid Count Hat. So that was my first book, 2016. Um, featured in Ink Magazine. Actually, it's yeah. top twenty. Twenty sells books to read. Um, and that was that was the first kind of launch pad to really showcasing some of the lessons I was learning. Right. Um. So yes, that book still still sells today. Right. Um. Since 2016, and but yes, but that's this that, that's one part of the. The different offers and product services that are available. Right. And there were several different services to companies. That's um, and I'm going to try to name them because I'd mutilate it. That's, that's all true. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I've got a final question. And this is um, a personal question no. for you. If you could have the attention of the whole world um, at one time, mm. tell me what you would tell them in a sentence or two at most. Yeah. Be, Give me a wrap. So the whole world at one time. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think that the, the phrase that I'm holding on to and have holding on to for years, it's the phrase, it's possible. And I think um, that has been the mantra of through many, many difficulties is holding on to that view of it's possible. Yeah. Um, it's possible to move that forward. It's possible to overcome that. It's possible to, to achieve those things. It's possible to go help those people. Uh, it's possible, and so I'll, I'll offer that to everybody who's listening. Yeah, or wherever you are, I like it. it's it's possible. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Well, thank you so very much for being here today. It's been yeah, a pleasure. My pleasure, indeed. Thank you for having me. Thanks for hanging out with us today, and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or have a person, business, idea, an event that Lexington needs to know more about, email me, local at forallthingslexington.com. That's the number four, y'all. And by Angela Barrett at homematterssc.com. Building on what matters to you.